Without the ones like you, who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done. Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. listening to more than a season podcast with Ashley and Brittany join us as we walk through what life is like supporting someone within the sports industry real authentic behind the scenes look at what the support system experiences but no one discusses grab a drink sit back and listen because we are about to get real hey you yeah you stop listening press pause and if you're on apple podcasts scroll down to the ratings and reviews select five stars and give us a review And if you're on Spotify, click our podcast page and click follow and download to listen to all of our episodes. Thanks so much. Enjoy this episode. Welcome back, everyone. Hey, everyone. Welcome back. You know that it's our favorite time of the week when we have another interview. Yes, we love our interviews. And we are going to let her kick off and tell everyone about herself. Hello, ladies. I'm Jacqueline Vincent, and I am a wife of a professional baseball player. Nick Vincent. Right now we are teamless, so I can't really say what team he's affiliated with yet, but hopefully soon enough we will know where we're going next. But he is a very seasoned veteran player at this point. We are in our mid-30s, so needless to say that we've been through quite a bit. He started his career in 2008, and we started dating in 2012, so I've known the last eight and a half-ish years of this life. Personally, I am born and raised in LA, and I started my life out there, moved to San Diego for college, and that's pretty much where we met, playing for the Padres, and the journey kind of starts there. You're an LA girl, which I am too, so that's near and dear to my heart, but I want to hear how you guys met, how you got introduced to this baseball world, and kind of what your journey was in the beginning of this whole thing. So we met, like I said, in 2012 in San Diego. I was going to college out there. I had already graduated by that point, and I was actually a makeup artist and a bartender. (laughs) So I was hustling. I had about three jobs in total. I ran my own company doing makeup for weddings. I was a makeup artist at Mac, and I was a bartender at a nightclub downtown. And so the way Nick and I met was my roommate at the time. She knew him from years past, from junior college. And so one night he was celebrating because he was called up. He was in the minor major leagues, bouncing up and down situation at that point in his career. And so he was in San Diego playing for the bigs. He had just got called back up. And um, my girlfriend celebrating with him and some few friends. And I had known about him. I had known of him, but I never knew him. And so she's like, my friend, Nick, you know, he got called up. We're going to go celebrate. Do you want to come out and have some drinks with me? And I was just like, eh, I'm, I'm exhausted. I had just worked like my third shift of the day. And I wasn't really into meeting any boys, especially an athlete. There's a lot of um, <laughs> preconceived notion with that. And I just wasn't into it. I wasn't into that idea. I was exhausted of a lot of things. Just at that moment, I was exhausted because I'd worked so much. And I was also exhausted of the concept of dating. And so I was like, no, I'm good. So 
a few hours later, I had some FOMO and I got myself together, got out, met up with the crew downtown, and we literally just hit it off. And from that moment until today, we haven't gone a day without seeing or hearing from each other, one or the other. Yeah, that's an amazing story. I do want to ask, since the makeup artist, I heard that my ears perked (laughs) up. So what's the favorite brand that you have? One off the top of your head. Oh my, well, Mac they started it. They, they went somewhere with it. They're going still. There's a lot of, there's a lot of brands out there that compete and they're really good. But I think Mac is just one of those that they're at the top of my list. Yeah. Sorry. That was a sidebar. I was just like, Ooh, that's such a cool, (laughs) cool little job. So I respect you so much for working all those jobs. That is hard work. And I think Mm -hmm. that everyone can vouch and, you know, attest to that when you are grinding and you're like, no boys free zone (laughs) for sure. So now that you guys are dating and you start kind of feeling out this lifestyle of, wow, this is a lot of time. Was there a moment where you're like, I'm all in, like I'm going for it. Or did you have a little bit of hesitation? hesitation with the whole lifestyle I was lucky when we started dating it was at the end of season and so as as most of you guys know baseball season's a very long season and so when we met it was at the very end of it and so with that said we were able to really focus on our relationship when the off season hit he he put in a lot of time into our relationship I got to see his true colors he's from San Diego and so while I was living there I, I got to get to know his family and his at home life and you know what he does at that time, he was working in the offseason. He was doing construction. And so though he was in the minor major league thing, I saw his work ethic. I saw values in him that really um, resonated with me. And so as we continued our relationship and as we flourished, the new season was a baseball season was approaching us that I was already, I was in. I dove in. I was like, all in. Here we go. Baseball. All right. I guess you got me. And so let's hit this ground running. So when you kind of had your first season together, was there a lot of like different hurdles that you had to come across that maybe you hadn't had in past relationships? I think the only hurdle would be the tr- him being gone a lot, you know, the travel. I was just very fortunate that he's just a really good person in that I trusted him. He trusted me. I mean, I was a bartender in downtown San Diego. I had my fair share of attention too, you know? And so I think we kind of had this on each other. It's like, I know you're a baseball player. I know you have that name. You can probably go get any girl you want just with saying what you do. But I mean, I was dressed in a sports bra and little hoochie mama shorts and serving drinks to guys. There's there's this like equal playing field that we kind of had on each other. So it's like, all right, both of us have to have trust in each other. I know you're gone a lot. I know I don't see you, but I know that the end at the end of the day, when you say you're going to call, you're going to call. When you're going to text me, you're going to text me. But yeah, the hurdle was the traveling part, him traveling a lot, but he did a really good job at like having me come visit him when I could. And, you know, we talked to each other as often as possible. I had a really good support system at home too. And that helped. His family was great. They always reached out to me. I was so busy that, you know, time passed so fast. So it's like, yeah, you're gone for 12 days. But then when he came back home, it it just went so fast because I was working multiple jobs and I, I get myself busy. I had a life. I think a lot of girls have a really hard time that I didn't experience because when they start dating their guys, they all of a sudden are like, all right, I dove in. Here's that point where I'm going to go move with you into the city that I've never been. in. I don't know. I didn't have that. I was in my home city at that time. So I had my jobs. I had my life. His family was there. I had all my college friends there. And so I didn't have this, like, let me drop everything and go move with you and rely on you. Like I still had myself. I didn't have to ask him for money. 
I was living in my own personal apartment that I paid rent for. You know, I had my dog. I didn't have to drop everything. And so I was very lucky in the beginning of our relationship. And I think that's what really stuck. If I had all that adversity thrown at me, I don't know, because I I do have a hard time at feeling like I have to rely on someone. I'm glad you shared that because that is something that we have found. We have done a, um, a fair share of baseball interviews and they do share a similar response of basically, you know, you are just thrown out there to this new location. It's constant moving and inconsistent with where you are living. So I do want to hear about that first transition because I know that you did not stay all together with your friends and family and your job. So what was that like when you did that moment you did have to pack up and move? Oh man. Well, I just got chills thinking about that moment because you know, like you don't know what it's like until you, you go through it. And so yeah, we knew it was coming our way. The trade rumors had hit that, you know, he was bound to go somewhere. He'd been with the San Diego Padres from the moment he was drafted out of college until 2000, what, 2015. So that was like seven seasons right there with one organization. That's a long time. That rarely happens. And so we knew it was bound to come our way. And yeah, the trade rumors are true. He called me the last day of spring training. We thought we were still at the Padres. He gave me a call. I was actually working out at the gym in Arizona with him he's at the field he calls me and he's just like all right it's happening I'm going to Seattle and I was just like tunnel vision moment I felt like I was in a movie I was like I can't breathe I can't see anything I was just like okay and like my voice started getting shaky and I started crying I was like what are we gonna do like freaking out but you know it's it's the way it goes that's the price we pay it's it's a sport you're bound to go places you know you're really just a number when it comes down to it and so he got himself together. He stayed strong for us. And I was like, all right, I guess I'll figure it out. And literally later on that day, he changed his Jersey, walked across the sports complex and played for the Seattle Mariners. He's like, all right. So in three days, I'm going to Seattle to play for that team. So, and I was like, uh, well, all of our stuff's in San Diego. I'm here in Arizona. You mean I have to go back to San Diego by myself, pack up all of our stuff and move it to Seattle. And he's like, yeah. So that's kind of where the journey started. And I found dog sitters to watch the dogs for us in San Diego. I packed up a few suitcases for us. I brought them up to Seattle. I flew out there and we stayed in a hotel and the team paid for our hotel for seven days. And after seven days, it was up to us to find somewhere to live. And so <laughs> it was just me and a suitcase calling realtors like, uh, I need somewhere to live. Like, I don't know any, I've never been to Seattle. I looked at it on the map and like, freaked out because I was in San Diego. I'm next to Mexico. Now you tell me I'm going up to Canada. Like I, I had no idea how far North Seattle was. I was just that close-minded and that I, it was, yeah, I came out of nowhere. So it was a good time. It was fun. Now looking back, you know, we've all been through it. I love now seeing other girlfriends go through the same thing because Nick and I had just gotten married. So we were like three months newlyweds, you know? And so seeing other girlfriends or fiancés or new wives starting this journey with their men and they suddenly get their new trade and they'd never been traded before and they're freaking out I'm like girl we all go through it I remember one wife told me she said we all go through this moment we all have this moment so just know that it gets easier from here like every trade from now on I promise will get easier now she's like no chance like I can never do this again and I mean, he's been on five teams at this point, and yeah, it does get easier. <laughs> I love oh all gosh. of that. I feel like we both probably had that tunnel vision because, well, you had visited Washington State, but when I was living at Kansas at the time and I got the call to go 
to Washington State, it was like tunnel vision. I was like, that is really close to Canada. So I feel you <laughs> on the location. But yeah, I thought that was hilarious. Yeah, that's so funny. I So it obviously got easier. But what are like, what's something you learned? Like, what's your biggest tip for new women that are just getting into this role with that first transition? Like, what was something that you learned that you're like, oh, I wish I would have known that? I mean, one thing to always remember, keep in mind is like all of us wives and girlfriends, like this group is in the same bubble as you, as far as emotions, what we put into this, we're all there together. And so I really learned when I experienced my first trade is like, there's this pool of women that are just sitting there. Like we're, we're here for you. We're here with you. We've all gone through this you know, half of the girls are new because when it comes to every off season, like there's so many trades that go on. And so there's so many new people and we're all just like, hi, with arms wide open, like we're here for each other and we're all new. Let's figure out this city together. I mean, I had never been to Seattle. I didn't know what to expect. I mean, it's a beautiful city. I love that city now because we've been there for three seasons. And so I experienced it, but that's one thing just to always remember we're always we're all there for each other baseball especially is such a great community it's a lot of guys it's a lot of teams but they're really good people and so that's one thing to keep in mind is like turn to each other be positive don't be afraid to ask that was one thing I I didn't want to do I was like all right I'm in this by myself he had to move tomorrow kind of thing and I'm just here all on my own doing it for myself it's like yeah you do have to pack up your house by yourself. Yeah. You got to get on an airplane by yourself. You got to meet your man out there, but there's, there's a community out there, you know, they're there for you. It's okay. Turn to people, ask for help. That's what they're there for. Yeah. That's a great answer. When kids come in, I have no (laughs) idea. Y'all take the cake for the moving with the children. We have heard stories. So when did you decide let's start our family? And then that whole factor of the moving with children. So let's just dive into that a little bit. Oh man, kids. Well, growing up, I never thought I wanted them. And so there's that. And then we get married and he was just like, well, I mean, he wanted kids from the start. So I knew what I was walking into. And you kind of take direction from other wives that already have kids. You kind of see how they do it and they just set the tone. And I was with Seattle still when Nick and I got pregnant. And so some of those women I crossed paths with, like they were just so badass. Like they're so strong and independent. They got on that plane and they took it and they they got to the city and they checked into the hotel by themselves with their baby and they got in the hotel room by themselves with their baby and they get to the games on the Uber by themselves with the baby, you know? And I was like, well, if they can do it, surely I can do it, right? And so we kind of decided to start a family a couple of years after we got married. And it was just one of those things where it's like, well, if it's not now, it's then. And so let's just start. Here we go. And we weren't super young, so I know I had gotten a good amount of my fun in, and I think that's one thing that I had to make sure I do. I just wanted to make sure I got it in. I got my fun in. I got to drink at all the games, and I got to go to all the cities. I got to travel in the off-seasons with my girls and, you know, with Nick, and we enjoyed our alone time. And so once we felt like, all right, we got it in, let's start a family, we did just that. And, yeah, it was hard. It was quite the adjustment. The priorities change. Things shift. Hazel, my daughter, who's now three, she was such a good baseball baby. And it's like, when they're born into it, they, they go with it. Like she is a pro on a plane and people are always like, gosh, how do you do it? It's like, well, she was born into this life and she doesn't know different. Like she's three years old. I don't I couldn't even tell you how many flights this girl's been on, but she loves planes. The moment she gets on one, she sits down. She knows what to do. She knows what to ask from the flight attendant. You know, it's just, she's a pro and 
yeah, you just go with it and it's okay. We're all, we've all been, we're all going through it. We're all starting our families together in this crazy world of sports. And there's some really strong, independent women that just do it and they do it well. And you just look to them for guidance. We have a good community too. There's like Facebook groups and text threads and all of these things for resources. So we're constantly asking, I mean, what may sound like the dumbest question for just your you know, average person that's not affiliated in sports, when you're a baseball wife, you have to ask the dumbest questions because it's a little different. It's like when you're by yourself for 12 days straight, like you need to ask the most random questions and we're all there for each other. So it's definitely a different beast when you have kids. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. And you're, you're our kind of girl where you're like, I need to have my fun. That's how we are. We're like, just soak it up before you have kids. <laughs> yeah. But did your family kind of understand like the baseball life when you got into it? So you guys are now moving, you're starting a family away from your family and his family. Did they kind of get it? I'm sure his family may be a little more than yours. Yeah. His family obviously kind of started with him. So they know they hadn't lived with him since he was in college. So it was, it was easy for them to understand and get acclimated to this life. My family was really easy too. I have an, a, an amazing support system. So my cousins are very, very close to me. I'm an only child. So I rely on my cousins for that, you know, sense of sisterhood. And I have some really best friends that are like sisters to me. So I have them and they're all great. I mean, a lot of them travel out to us to visit us as much as possible because it's hard. You know, we can't really see family like we want to. Baseball takes the cake. It takes priority in our lives right now. And so a lot of family always comes out to us to help me out, especially now that I have two kids too. It's just a little overwhelming. I don't get to go out and do as many fun things as I used to. And I just had one kid or no kids, but you know, it, it's great. Whenever we go to games in our hometowns and stuff, our families always come to the games to come see us and things like that. But yeah, it was an, it was an okay, easy transition. I'm very lucky to have a great support system. No, that's great. I do want to go back to having little ones at the games. So how in the world, what is your tip for keeping them occupied? We, we ask this every time because we, we've heard snacks on snacks is one of the tricks. Like you give your kids just snacks all the time, but I want to hear what your thoughts are on that for keeping them occupied. It's kind of like the same rule as planes. I feel like on planes, it's like snacks on snacks, man. Like how are you going to keep that kid in one seat? occupied for a good chunk of time is just snacks. So yeah, that's very true. I remember right before I had Hazel, I was pregnant with her and you start thinking of these things like, how do you, how am I going to keep this kid entertained and stuff? And so you start to notice other families and you're like, well, I don't know if I want to take it that route or I want to be like her, that kind of thing. And I always thought like no chance I'm ever going to give a tablet or a phone or any device to my daughter to keep her occupied for a game, like not happening. And so I tried my best and um, she's really good at not needing the device because, you know, we kind of integrated that into her lifestyle, but there's times where I'm like, you want this show? Here you go. Like you want the little mermaid here, like just take the phone and sit still. And then I'll buy you some ice cream in the seventh inning. Like I just go inning by inning. It's like, if I can get through the first three innings without any device or any sweet treat, like we're good. And then, you know, let's do a healthy snack. And I try to keep it as healthy. And as the game progresses, it just gets more unhealthy, (laughs) more desperate. (laughs) But, you know, yeah, you got to do what you got to do. Other families are really great, too, where they kind of lend their little kids to come play with our little kids. So it's like the big girls, Hazel loves big girls. So like the seven, the five, the nine-year-old girls will always come and keep Hazel occupied. And they'll play together. They'll color together. 
you know, so that helps a lot too. I always look to the big girls. Baseball games are so fun. I mean, unfortunately, we can't really experience that recently as much, but in normal times, they're a lot of fun. And so it's great to take her for walks and meet the mascot. And a lot of baseball stadiums have great facilities for kids. And so there's the play area and the slides and you just, you use every resource possible. And when you're a baseball wife and you have 180 home games, you come to notice all of your resources. But another thing is when you're at home for home games that a lot of people don't know is they provide childcare for you. Most teams, like 90% of the teams provide childcare. And so that's another reason why we make sure we go to games because it's like, mom needs a break. We're going to drive our butts to the game. You're going to go check into the daycare room while dad plays. And I'm going upstairs and having myself a margarita. <laughs> no, that's a good tip. I didn't I, know that. Yeah, I didn't know that either. I feel like we've never heard that before. Yeah. So that's good to know. So do you go to a lot of the games? I know you said you obviously go to the home games, but do you guys travel to a lot of the away games as well? Yeah, we did. I, I do. Um, when I was without children, I definitely went to as many away games as possible, especially the fun cities. Oh yeah. I got myself out there. It was so much fun. And even when I had Hazel in her first year, she was born in the off season. So she was, she experienced like the first year of her life during season and stuff. And we went a lot of places because she was a baby. It was easy to travel with her. And then when she turned one and she was a year and a half, it got to that weird funky age where she doesn't want to sit on a plane and she doesn't want to sleep in a hotel room, you know? So we kind of took a step back a little bit, but at that point I was pregnant with my son. And so Nick had been on a couple teams that year and it was a rough year for a good minute. And so at one point he got on the Phillies and we had never really been on an East coast team at that point. So I was like, you know what? We're going to experience this last month of season with you. I may be eight months pregnant, almost nine months pregnant. I may have a raging toddler who's almost two years old. You may be all the way on the East Coast, but we're doing it. And so Hazel and I packed up suitcases and we lived with him for the last month of season. And we went to every city with him. So we just went to New York and we went to Atlanta and we went to Cleveland and then obviously Philly. And we lived in hotel rooms with him and it was so much fun. And yeah, I was huge. I, people thought I was crazy. Like, I know I got the looks. People were like, what is this lady thinking? <laughs> Walking through an airport with a pack and play, a suitcase, a one-year-old, a backpack, a diaper bag. Like I was, yeah, I went for it, but you know, that's the commitment. And it's a lot now looking back, like, I love it. I love looking back at those pictures. It's so much fun thinking about it and the journey we went on, but it's, it's a lot. <laughs> Yeah, oh that's gosh. amazing. I commend you. I always see those women in the airport and I'm like, how do you do it? <laughs> I do want to ask because I am so curious. You have been a part of many organizations and been to many, many games. So we love asking this question, but there's got to be some crazy fans in the stand stories. You have to have heard somebody say something or do something crazy. Yeah, I don't have any crazy outrageous stories. We're very lucky in the fact that there's a wife section or a family section that they sit us in as you probably know. And so when we sit at games, the, the game ushers, the employees at the stadium itself are very aware of the wives sections. And so they do a really good job at watching us. And if we barely even look back at them and raise our finger, they're like, oh, security's right there helping us out. There have been some like hecklers and really annoying guys, you know, they're drunk and they're saying things about your husband. And if they catch you at the wrong time, and you're just having a bad day. You hear them say something. It's just like, come on, like he's trying his hardest. He's working his job. We don't go walking into your office and yell in your face as to how much you suck, right? Like chill out. He's trying. Yeah. Okay. Fine. A home run on him, whatever. But 
you know, we speak up sometimes. We've told we've told some people to sit down and take a deep breath and you're disrespecting somebody. So that's happened from time to time. I've had a couple of drunk guys just come up and approach us and like they notice that we're wives because you can tell we're a bunch of girls that arrive at different times by ourselves with nice purses, you know, looking cute with nice shoes and people notice. And so I've had a few guys come up to me like, hey, I know this is the wife section. Tell me, who's your man? Who do you, who's your guy? You know, and they just, they start asking the dumbest questions and usually just act dumb. You ignore them, you lie to them. Sometimes you give in, you start telling them things about, you know, and it's like, oh yeah, I love him and blah, blah, blah. So yeah, that's like the worst that I've had it. I've heard some horror stories from other wives, like fans, it's depending on the team. You can imagine there's some passionate fans out there. And so some fans are, are jerks and they'll like pour beer on the girls and, you know, be really disrespectful like that. But all in all, I've had great experiences. There have been a few times where I'd have to go tell an usher or an employee, a security guard, like, hey, can you look over our section? There's that guy in the blue shirt. Like, he's just a bit much and stuff. And I've had a few people kicked out, but I've never really had any personal confrontation. <laughs> That's awesome that you guys have like ushers that look over your section because I feel like they do get crazy at some we some need stadiums. some of those. Yeah, we get, <laughs> we get some fans yeah. as well. So yeah. So how do you deal with like a loss or a tough game between you and your husband? Like, what's the what's your process afterwards? Oh man, that's a good question. I think we all go through this, right? Like, it's just a bad loss or a bad performance. I mean, if my husband, he's a pitcher, like there's a lot on the line when he's on that mound, so much can happen. And it's so stressful. But I mean, if it's a bad game, he he helps me out. He does a really good job at leaving the game at the field, leaving the job at the field. When he comes home, he's a completely different man, especially now that we have kids. Like now he's a dad, he has to be happy for his kids. He can't go shut the door and say, give me a minute, you know, some guys maybe do that, but Nick doesn't. Nick's always been really, he's really mindful about the way he carries himself after a game. And so when it is a bad game, because we're all bound to, ha- bound to have bad days, whether it's at work, what, you know, whatever, and he's a pitcher. So yeah, he's going to have some bad, bad days. And um, when he does, I just know to like not say anything until he does. I just stay quiet until he says something about it and he addresses it. He usually does. And it's usually just a short little text after the performance during the game. And he's like, well, that sucked. Or I didn't plan for that to happen. You know, and if it's that, I'm just like, it's okay. We always have tomorrow. Because in baseball, there's like games every day. And so it's like, it may not have been your day today, but there's always tomorrow. Regardless, he keeps it all at the field. And I kind of know now, especially how to respond to it. I just, I wait for him. Then I give my little, like, there's always tomorrow. It's okay. And he knows it. And we kind of just leave it at that. And once we get in the car, once the game's over, it's kind of a little like awkward. I'm a little shook up because it's hard. It's hard to watch your husband fail at a certain, at a certain moment, you know, and and then there's the added pressure of other people yelling or cheering as to how much he sucks or booing as to how much he sucks that at that one point in time. And it's, it's a lot. And so I think sometimes I go through a little more personally than he does. Like, he's like, all right, that's another day I got tomorrow. That was my day at work. And I'm just sitting there still processing it because there's just people. And so I have to kind of check myself and, you know, give myself a little bit of time. And once we get in the car, I have to remind myself to not let that energy vibe off. Like, it's all right. In the beginning, it was hard for me to realize that or learn that. But with time, now that we're years into this, it, it gets easier. It does. And I wish I knew that. I wish I knew that part. 
when I was younger and when I first started this, it's like one bad pitch or one home run was hit on him. I thought the career was over. I thought our lives were over. I thought the team's going to fire you. There's not going to be a next year. They're going to remember this one moment. And it's like, no, there's so much more to it. There's so much more to this game than just your performance that one day. It's about people believing in you. It's about being in the right place at the right time. It's about the right staff. It's so much more than that. It's about how your teammates perform with you. It's about your vibe. It's about your energy. You know, because I've seen some guys that are pretty good, but they just have really bad energy or they're really negative and you always hear bad things about them in the clubhouse and it's like they don't go too far in their career you know so there's a lot to it and I just I wish I could have told myself that because there have been some stressful nights man oh my goodness but now that I have kids too I kind of just focus on them it's like all right I got to be good I got to be positive I'm mom you know I'm a wife and I'm mom and so I got to get it together for them and that actually gets me through too. I'm thankful that you shared that because for football, we usually stand outside and we wait for them to come out of the locker room. And so there is this period where you're like, well, I, you know, I don't know. No one talks. No one talks. And you kind of walk where we are at. You kind of walk back to the car and you leave together. So there's this like 10 minute walk period. So I think that that's wonderful that he just kind of closes that chapter now and just, you know, dives in with the family time. But we do ask this last question. We ask everyone on our podcast what is one thing that you would tell your younger self starting this journey that you know now that you wish you would have known back then? I would definitely tell my younger self to just enjoy every single moment. And I did. I had a lot of fun. I enjoyed it. But I think I let the stress hit me a lot more than it should. Now I enjoy it. Now I get it. Now when he's on the mound, I just sit there and I have my moment where I'm like, oh my gosh. I'm watching him live his dream because for all we know, tomorrow could be over due to an injury due to, I mean, when COVID hit, holy moly, we all didn't know what was going on in sports, especially. And so back then, like I didn't see the grand picture because I hadn't been through anything. I hadn't experienced it. I'd been on one team and I had just gotten married. I didn't have any kids. And so I was so focused on that one game going bad, his career's over. It's all going to depend on this day. And that was like back in 2015. And here we are. And 2021 now looking on to the next season and lots of games later he's been to a lot of games now at this point and been in a lot of games at this point being a relief pitcher and so yeah I just wish I knew that the big picture is a huge picture and one day isn't going to dictate the rest of his career as long as it's not an injury for the most part and to just let in all the good energy and be positive and just soak it in because as we all know, with sports, it's not a lifetime of a career for a player, especially there comes a day where your body just won't recover as well as it used to. It won't produce like it used to. And so being so short lived, just enjoy the moment, take the ride, be positive, be happy, all that fun stuff. Yes, we love that. And we loved having you on and we really appreciate all of your advice and your stories that you shared with us. So thank you so much. Thank you. This was a lot of fun. I'm glad we did this. And thank you to everyone that's listening and we'll see you next time. Bye. Thank you so much for listening to this interview on more than a season podcast. 
Be sure to follow us on Instagram at more than a season underscore women's guide for the latest updates. You can also follow our personal Instagram accounts at Ashley M. Kramer and Britt Labby. We would love it if you would download, subscribe, and leave us a review on your choice of platform. Thank you so much. See you next time. Without the ones like you who work tirelessly to keep things running, everything would suddenly stop. Hospitals, factories, schools, and power plants, they all depend on you. No matter the weather, emergency, or time of day, you're the ones who get it done. At Granger, we're here for you with professional-grade industrial supplies. Count on real-time product availability and fast delivery. Call, clickgranger.com or just stop by. Granger for the ones who get it done.